how can we have a brand that's that exciting in food? And then the other thing we were seeing is this big kind of health food revolution, and particularly in something like snacking, it was really prominent. So seeing people moving away from having, you know, traditional like crisps and chocolate to protein bars, um, you know, grays with the nuts, um, uh, like, you know, nuts delivered to your door and then like popcorn, um, you know, lower calorie, like snacks you could grab on the go. Um, and brands doing amazing jobs there. And we were just seeing this kind of like this whole kind of health food, craft food revolution. Hello and welcome to another episode of Good for Profit. Today's guest with us is Liam White, co-founder of Dr. Wills. Dr. Wills provides condiments that are alternatives to the mainstream ones that are out there, much healthier, much better for you, and they're found across uh, many providers in the UK, such as Waitrose, Ocado, and Tesco, and many independent stores. They're a certified B Corp, and we just had an amazing conversation about how they started, why they started, um, and just where they're going and some of the incredible collaborations that they've got in place right now with other healthy alternative, uh, food alternative companies. So without further ado, let's get right into it. (laughs) Um, Hello, Liam, and welcome. Uh, Really happy to have you with us here today. Um, Yeah, welcome to the podcast, man. Can't wait to dive into some of the things that you've been doing with Dr. Wills. Yeah, definitely. Thanks very much for having me. Excited to have, a, have an interesting chat this afternoon. Absolutely. So, um, Dr. Wills, I mean, I want to. I do want to dive into the why and how you got there and everything else behind it. Can you maybe start off by just telling uh, our listeners more about Dr. Wills and what it is? Yeah, definitely. So, Dr. Wills make all natural condiments. Um, so, we've got a range of ketchup, barbecue sauce, mayonnaise, hot sauce, all made with natural ingredients um, and then no added sugar. So, all the sweetness comes from dates um, and uh, they're much lower sugar than everything else in the market. So, essentially, if you want to buy healthier condiments, um, we we are kind of go-to brand, um, but we're super focused on the taste as well. So, that, that's really important. So, we've got lots of, uh, we've won lots of great taste awards for for all of our products because uh, at the end of the day, you add condiments to add flavor to a meal. So, that's 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 the most important thing. Absolutely. Wow. So, did, it, did you always have many things available or did you start with ketchup or am i right in thinking you started with ketchup or have you always just had the full range no as we started with ketchup uh ketchup uh, beetroot ketchup and barbecue sauce and maybe i'll rewind a minute and just kind of tell you how we how we got the, the, the first couple started so um yeah, so uh, three founders, uh, myself, Josh, and then Will, who is a medical doctor, hence the the, the name Dr. Wills. Um, and we're all kind of coming at this from, yeah, from different angles. So um, Will uh, is a medical doctor. His mum was a nursery school teacher and was seeing parents um, try and get their, trying to get their, um, their kids to eat their broccoli, their carrots, and, and smothering it in kind of sugary ketchup, barbecue sauce. And, and she was saying to him, there's got to be something healthier out there for them, but we couldn't really find anything. Josh, on the other hand, was running a, a restaurant, kind of a gastro pub style concept in Newcastle in the north of England. Um, and lots of, had lots of locally sourced ingredients. He had craft beers, um, you know, interesting gins, all this kind of stuff. But he felt like the one thing that was letting the side down was just this kind of ketchup mayonnaise that had been the same for the last kind of 30 years and, and was on the table but everyone was using loads of it like we saw how much people were eating how much ketchup mayonnaise people were eating so we thought okay that this is um yeah big opportunity here and then my background completely different so i was working in investment banking for my sense um and my mom's oh, wow. a food writer so i i grew up surrounded <laughs> by surrounded okay, by food yeah yeah so there is a there is a uh, <laughs> there is a link there um i grew up surrounded by food i met will and josh and, and you know loved the idea and um the three of us kind of launched dr wells from there and then i guess going back to your question it was it was ketchup beetroot ketchup and barbecue sauce initially then we launched mayonnaise and then later on more recently in the last kind of couple of years we branched out further into 
kind of hot sauces being the main thing, but also dressings. That's so brilliant. So I've got to say, I'm, I'm going to be an annoying consumer here. Uh, and, I, and I have to say, when I when I hear, you know, alternative mayonnaise, especially mayonnaise, so ketchup, barbecue sauce, I think I can see that being pretty easy to do. But when I hear alternative mayonnaise, my brain just for some reason, I don't, and, and it's probably completely unjustified. I've just probably been a sucker to the marketing of Hellman's and, and the rest of them. Um, but for some reason, my brain just thinks, is it going to be as good? I don't know. It's an interesting one because I'm going to get slaughtered by someone for saying this, but I actually think the mayonnaise is the probably the most obvious where it's probably most obvious we try our mayonnaise that it's it's so different and so much better than a than a like a mainstream mayonnaise. So I think like our mayonnaise tastes much more like if you I don't know if you've ever made mayonnaise at home um, where you've whisked up egg yolks and added oil, um, you know a little bit of lemon juice. Yeah, I, I did a really spices. bad job, so I'm, I'm not going to take okay, that fine. as an example. But if you've ever had anyone do it well, it tastes <laughs> – but you get this real creaminess with the mayonnaise. I think like if you try try Hellman's mayonnaise, it's um, there isn't a huge depth of, depth of flavor there, and that's any kind of mainstream mayonnaise, whereas when you use like, the free-range egg yolk and, and just the way that we the way that we make it with the real quality ingredients, like, you do get a real creamy flavor of mayonnaise. Um, and I think if you were to try this two side-by-side, side, it's pretty – it's quite pronounced. Um, but – you know, everybody's used to buying the same stuff. So you don't necessarily, that's one of the big challenges is, you know, you need a reason to, to switch. Um, and a lot of people are kind of, you know, very used to kind of the stuff they've always had and quite happy with it. So how do you get them to try something else? Yeah, that that's the problem. I, I suppose one way to try it is to um, somehow get a supermarket to run out of stock completely on something. Uh, I, I think you've got a story there, right? Yeah, <laughs> we, were, I was, uh, we were doing some research beforehand on, on LinkedIn. Yeah, can you tell us more about that? That was that's quite interesting. Yeah, I thought you were referencing something there. Um, yeah, so uh, um, there was a fairly fairly public spat between uh, between Heinz and Tesco around some kind of inflationary price increases that that, that Heinz were looking to put through. So um, we had quite a fun couple of weeks with uh, with Heinz off shelf. Um, where i mean the main thing for us to be honest was just driving trial like our biggest challenge is getting people to try it for the first time and the big barrier is you've grown you've you've grown up uh eating you know the same ketchup the same mayonnaise exactly what you've said about you know how much mayonnaise um so this gave us like a real opportunity when there was you know a few few less competitors on the shelf to get to get people to really you know try our products over the first time um and then you know we know typically when people try them they like them um and and it's then a case of you know turning them into repeat customers yeah absolutely so did you find that that actually worked pretty well for you then uh, did you see an uptake in, in the amount of people that were buying your ketchup and yeah we had a great couple of weeks like we, we really did um and we could we could really see in the data so much so that then we went out of stock <laughs> so um i'd love to have had a bit of notice because we were we were fighting to to stay in stock and if i you know if i'd known this was going to happen a month before um we'd have ramped our production even further but we were very reactive and we were able to you know to the extent that we could we were producing as much as we could during that period and trying to um trying to keep our products on the shelves in tesco which we did a reasonably good job of um but it was yeah there was a there's a big increase in demand that's really great though that must be such an incredible feeling for you as a co-founder right to have, have that so much demand for the thing that you're building and have people actually love it and go back for more yeah definitely i think people talk about like there's that analogy of kind of like pushing pushing the rock up the hill and then when you start to see like real demand for your product it's almost like you push the rock at the top of the hill and it starts to roll down on its own. Um, and I think like that's what like we're, we're starting and, to see. And there you are trying to chase it too. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And I don't know, <laughs> if that's our sales rolling down the hill, I'm happy not to be able to catch it. <laughs> um, but no, I think that's that's kind of where, where, 
where we're trying to get to now um and yeah it's really uh, it's really exciting to see that but we've worked really hard to optimize the products i think like the products that we had when we launched very different to the ones we had now we're on like we're in the 50s of iterations on the ketchup for example i think we're on like 58 or 59 now um so we're just constantly i think that's one of the things that yeah and that's one of the things that we can do differently to the you know large brands like we're able to innovate quickly we try and take customer feedback um we like you know we kind of fairly meticulously scan what everybody's saying in their reviews whether it's our website it's amazon it's the retailers any sort of social media commentary comments all of that sort of stuff emails that we get and we just we, we go through all of that stuff and, and we're just constantly using that to, to to inform what we do to our products and we can make little tweaks here and there while in market um so the ketchup you taste today will probably be slightly different to the ketchup you taste in six months because we're just constantly trying to make it better almost like a like a tech company would in, in that regard just like constantly trying to improve improve and like i'm a big believer in that kind of you know compound interest one percent improvements here and there so i think that's how that's how we plan to just you know, keep making our products better and better. Wow, that's incredible. That must be quite hard to do for, uh, I suppose, maybe not hardware, but like, you know, in a way there is a hardware element here, but also it's a, it's, it's a consumer consumer good, right? So it must be quite difficult because like, you know, you've got factories or, or I, I'm not entirely sure how your uh, sort of process looks like, but you've got things set in stone to some extent when it comes to producing certain things. So you guys must have had to do quite a lot of work to make sure that the way you set up the whole process from start is pretty damn agile. Yeah, absolutely. And we've got more agile as we've scaled. So we've, we've like, we now work with partners in various bits of the supply chain who can move faster because they, and we, you know, we change the way we print our labels so that we can, we have smaller runs and things so we can change them. We don't sit on tons of stock. I'd say it's, it's definitely harder to do than it is for a tech company. You know, like we can't, I can't ship a feature tomorrow and then you'll be using it much easier. Yeah. Yeah. And I am jealous at times when, you know, someone sends you features ready and then tomorrow it's shipped out and everyone's enjoying it. You know, it doesn't work like that. Like we'll be sitting on stock. Our retailers be sitting on stock. They'll be stock in in store. So, you know, we're nimble from our end, but it will still, there'll still be a bit of a lag time for it to to get to you, but it's just kind of like keeping that flywheel moving. Um, And I think, you know, big food, is is inflexible and is big and it's built on kind of you know full production runs in factories and that's you know that's that that's important but at the same time it's it's having that nimble agile edge to be able to like see trends and and launch interesting products um but also just like yeah optimize and just consistently improve every area of your product be it the flavor the health profile of the product the uh you know the packaging make it easier for people to use making it brighter to stand out on the shelf like we think a lot about every single little area there yeah, that's quite incredible. But also, like one of the challenges I'd imagine for you guys from from doing that is economies of scale, because you know the large food uh, companies can make use out of just printing massive batches of things all at once, and you know, like um, making massive batches of bottles and so to speak. And obviously, they 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 make use out of lower costs there. So, how how did you guys kind of without obviously sharing if there there might be some you know secret secrets there, like business secrets you might not want to share, but is there how if you're able to share some things of how you guys were able to get around that that'd be really interesting i think yeah i mean it's, i'd say like everything in business is a balance um so it's kind of it's a, you know it's trade off between being as nimble as possible versus you know doing tiny runs of things that are, are crazy expensive um so we balance all of those things and then you know there's certain things that are very expensive and and have big price breaks so we will try and keep that thing consistent uh be it a bottle or a label or whatever it is um, but then there's other things that you can tweak more easily or can you add a sticker or something that's uh, on top of existing packaging uh, there's lots of kind of little things you can do to you know benefit from the economies of scale of doing something um 
in, in you know in large runs and getting better pricing and and ultimately like price is, is key too like we we don't want to be we have no ambitions of being like the most expensive brand or anything like that we want to be accessible to people you know we will because of the quality of our ingredients and the scale that we're at like we will be a little bit more expensive than the mainstream brands but we're pretty close like you know often 50p to a, to a pound more expensive than 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 that kind of the, the closest mainstream alternative um so we've worked really hard on price so it's just balancing those two things and kind of um you know changing some of the things that you can um but you know also being smart and trying to you know trying to bring a cost down and compete with uh you know with with the bigger brands so you can have a, a competitive price product on shelf for, for, for a customer. yeah i mean that that makes total sense because ultimately what you're trying to do as you mentioned earlier on i mean part of the ethos behind this is that you saw so many people eating just crap food um, so, and, and many kids, for example, you know, to get their broccoli. And so I suppose for you, it's really important to be able to compete with these big brands in terms of price. So it is accessible to everyone. Would you say that that's like one of the main missions or one of the main impacts that you're trying to make through this? Because I saw as well that you guys are a B Corp. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So we are a B Corp. Um, and yes, like price is key. So I think the first thing we wanted to when we started dr wills it was it was all about health and it still is like health is still the the number one thing like it's all about quality ingredients like ingredients you can recognize pronounce have in your kitchen but also about sugar as well like having lower sugar and you know where there is sweetness it's coming from natural ingredients like that's key for us um but yeah it's mm-hmm. like price is a huge thing like if we we can only have impact on a tiny scale you could have the healthiest ketchup in the world made in tiny batches but if it's if it's 10 pounds a jar the number of people who are going to buy it, like the impact you, you make is going to be on such a small scale. So, you know, we're better off having, a, or we think we can have more impact having a, a mainstream product that is priced competitively. And that means more families can have our products. And, you know, look, we're not under any illusions. Like we're not going to, you know, we're not changing the world by people having, you know, but it's a small, by people having our ketchup rather than another ketchup. But it's one of those like simple swaps you can make. And, you know, if you change all your, your condiments, like from, from particularly things like barbecue sauce, like barbecue sauce often has 50 grams of sugar in it, 50% sugar, you know, like 50 grams per hundred of sugar. That's absolutely oh insane. Yeah. Whereas wow. we'll be like, we'll be like, I had no idea. Yeah, exactly. And like one of our bugbears is we see people putting a load of effort now and like people are getting much smarter about what they eat and they've, they've got a really nice plate of food. They've got their protein. They've got, you know, maybe some greens, they've got some quinoa or something like that. And then you cover it in, in a really unhealthy sauce. And, um, like if you've got something that's 50% sugar, we're normally, like it depends on the product, but often something like 12 to 15%, like one five, not five zero. So um, like much more yeah. sensible levels of sweetness. And it all comes from the dates or the tomatoes yeah. anyway. So it's, you know, it's less processed, but um, yeah, just, just enabling people to make, make healthier choices and like health is key and yeah, price and, and, and making it like affordable for people means that we can like, we can execute this mission on a larger scale. Of course. And I mean, also give yourself credit because I mean, you said, yes, it's, it might be a small change, but if you're making a small change that impacts a large number of people, I mean, then the impact multiplies, right? So there is, there's definitely, it's, it's quite. Absolutely. And that's what we wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. And across a number of products, like if you change your ketchup, your barbecue sauce, you know, uh, your hot sauce um, and you're having them with, you know, a lot of people will have a condiment with with every meal or with a couple of meals a day. Like it does, you know, it's it's we've looked at it and it's like many millions of sugar cubes we've saved, um, you know, we save per year for people. So, um, yeah, it does. It does make um, it does make a big difference over time. Um, So we're trying to try and do that scale and have more products so that we can you know, do it at scale with more products for more people. Of course, that's, that's so awesome. I mean, you're definitely tempting me to change my uh, condiments just just after this conversation. I'm definitely going to give Dr. Wills a try now because 
look, um, I love mayonnaise. I mean, this this is the problem, and I know how bad it is for you. Um, sort of in, when you buy like you know the supermarket one, um, but and it's, and it's so yeah, it's just it's not very healthy. But I love it. I'll pretty much eat it with anything. So I, I think I will make a change, and I've thought about try trying different things, and yeah, try, try the mayo because I'm I'm certain I'm certain you'll you'll feel a real difference if you try try our mayo, and let me know let me know what you think of it. I'd be uh, I'd be shocked if if you um, if you wanted to go back to to what you're currently having. I definitely will do. I think at one point in my life, uh, I put down on uh, on a dating app uh, that my most controversial opinion is that mayonnaise is so much better than ketchup. Um, so, so I, I will, I will give it a go and, and, and definitely, you know, my feedback. <laughs> it's a, it's a strong, it's a, it's a, people have very strong opinions on it, don't they? Like I've seen multiple ketchup and mayonnaise related like uh, prompts on dating apps. So yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> you're not the only one. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's, a, it's a strong, there's a war out there. There's a war out there, man. And it's, it, you know, which side are you on? Because we're either going to be friends or enemies. Here. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so tell me a bit more about the, the B Corp. So when did you guys decide to get certified? Um, and what was some of the reasoning and thinking behind it for you guys? Yeah, definitely. Um, so we st- decided it's about three years ago now that we decided to get certified. And, um, I think it was, it was twofold really. So we, we started out very much on this kind of health mission, um, trying to get people to, to, to eat healthier food um, give people healthier alternatives um, and then as we you know we were trying to do business properly um, and um, and we sort of realized as part of that okay how do we do more than just health um, and we were kind of thinking about that and we were thinking about lots of different angles like how do we make our you know how do we do things more sustainably how do we make dr wills a great place for people to work um, how do we make it great for our customers um, and all of those things kind of layer up into just, you know, doing better business. Um, and then we saw the B Corp movement start. Um, uh, and there was a there was a huge wave. This was kind of three, four years ago when we were looking at it. Um, huge wave of companies that were joining. Um, and I think it was a great mix of like some kind of disruptive uh disruptive companies um that we wanted to be kind of you know that we that we looked up to so seeing the likes of innocent um and brands like that but then also seeing uh like ben and jerry's you know subsidiary of unilever like some of these big companies doing it and i think unilever have like a huge number i think they have the most the most b corps within a within a kind of portfolio of a larger company um so seeing like the big companies doing it but also um you know some big companies not there's lots that have more to do for sure and there's lots of small companies that have more to do for sure um seeing that kind of thought okay this is this is a movement that we want to be involved in we want to kind of you know um and then and then we learn a lot more about what it meant as we started the process and realized that actually it's like a great almost like a great scorecard for your business um and something that kind of gives you a bit of a something that gives you a bit of a benchmark to say okay this is what you're doing now and this is these are the obvious areas you can improve in and also within the community you can you can now talk to other brands and see what see what they're doing um which is a you know which which enables you to kind of like share ideas and 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 generally kind of push business forward in a better way yeah that's really awesome and and i guess that's one of the things i kind of want to touch on as well is because when you speak with impact-driven startups obviously that's a key part of what they're trying to do uh, is to make an impact in the world and it can be quite hard for startups in the early stages to really think about calculating that impact properly or quantifying the, the amount of good let's say they're trying to do in the world um and so that i was wondering whether actually by becoming a b corp in a way you get a lot of support there 
and almost like a blueprint of how to think about those things internally rather than trying to come up with them yourself yeah i think it's exactly that like i think it i think yeah for from an internal point of view it gives you something to aim at um and it gives you this really wide range of things to think about and i think for a small business like there's some areas you're likely to be doing really well on um so it might be um for example if you're like your your ingredient sourcing and things like that like you probably you know if you start a disruptive food company chances are you're doing it with better ingredients all this kind of stuff um uh, so there's like a few things that you were doing really well on you're probably more sustainable because you've you know you've started recently and you've probably picked more sustainable packing options but then there's other things that you'll be way behind on like your processes for example so you know you may not have processes in place for your employees or um or or they might just be sort of you know fairly standard ones and you need to put more thinking into them to make to make your, your workplace better for, for for your people so i think there's like certain areas that you know i think it kind of helps you with like improving the things that you're already thinking about but also like these blind spots or these areas that you just haven't yet considered um it, it, it suddenly makes you sort of realize like what you need to do um in order to be kind of you know scoring well um and then by extension if you're scoring well you're, you're probably doing good business because the two things are meant to be totally aligned i also think that's kind of internal but from a con- consumer's p- perspective it's very helpful because and I'd like to see B Corp getting to the stage where it's 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 really well recognized by consumers. It's probably not there yet, um, but it's it's definitely a work in progress and more and more people are seeing it. But it'll be good if you got to the stage where you could have that B Corp logo on the front of your product and that's just a sign to a consumer that okay, this brand is doing things well, they're looking after their, you know, they've got five pillars, um, employees, customers, community governance and environment so that, it, that they're scoring well across those five things and you can sort of pick it up and, and know that you're sort of making a, a conscious choice absolutely yeah <clears throat> excuse me um and it's kind of crazy how sometimes we're in our own bubble because you know when i see b corp anywhere i mean it, it's i kind of always think about oh yeah b corp okay it's there and it's kind of it, it, it's something that you don't it's not like i you look for it but when you see it it's straight away you're going to recognize it but and i actually didn't really stop to think as to how well known that logo is, for example, to to the the sort of mainstream consumer. But would you say that from your experience is something that actually the majority of people, uh, or at least a large chunk of people in society, don't aren't aware of yet? Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. I think um, I don't have any like concrete sort of brand awareness data on it, but from what I've seen, I think um, there's 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 I mean the the increase in number of people you know per year who are becoming aware of it is is huge like the, the movement is is really growing and even from a couple of years ago when we got certified through to now there's been a huge wave of brands doing it and you know the more brands that do it the more there's a momentum behind it and the more people will you know start hearing about it um but there, i'd say yeah there are there is a large swathe of society that won't be aware of it um but there's some really promising signs as well. Um, I mean, we've had applications like cold applications into our inbox from graduates who've said, you know, we want to work for purpose-driven companies, found your brand in the B Corp directory. Um, so, I mean, when I was a graduate, like, it, you know, B Corp didn't exist. If it did exist, it was, you know, it was very much under the radar. But, you know, scrolling through the B Corp directory to find places to work wasn't a thing. And the fact that that is how graduates are now trying to find kind of um trying to find roles or, or workplaces that are aligned with their personal values that's brilliant that's 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 a real step forward yeah that's, that's, and that's actually another really good point because you know hiring the right team and people that are purpose-driven is something that that any any impact-driven startup sort of sees the importance of that um you're now you know must be i mean i actually didn't look up um how many employees <clears throat> you've got in the company right now but i'm assuming you've got quite a lot of people uh in in the chain in general um 
what sort of things do you guys think about? I mean, maybe there's a graduate listening here or, or other founders who are building impact-driven startups. What sort of things do you think about that you try to put into place right from the start to try and make sure that you're attracting people who are aligned with your values, with your mission, and are going to be just as passionate as you are in a way about it? Yeah, definitely. I think we're quite lucky in that, I think, and this applies less to graduates, but when we're sort of... Um, when we're hiring people from within food and drink already a lot of people who are working within this kind of small food and drink world are naturally pretty aligned because you've chosen that industry and if you're and, and you know if you're doing that you're probably um you know there's there's other areas where you can get paid more money um you know you, you've chosen to work in, in in small disruptive food and drink businesses and generally people are, are trying to you know make a difference whether it's from a health point of view or or something more flavorsome or something more more sustainable um so i think there's there's quite a good alignment there anyway um and i think from a graduate point of view i think being a b corp is is, is a great example you know we've had graduates applying on that basis but i think we're very obvious and we're very clear about like what our mission is we talk a lot about sugar it's you know on our you know you find our mission statement on our website um i think if you look at any of the the posts like if you look at all like social media of dr wills or any of the founders we're you know we're very open and we're very honest with um with our customers we do a lot of like face to camera just kind of you know saying things how they how they are um and we just try and be like a you know very open and honest business and you know there's areas that you know, we're, we're far from perfect. There's lots of areas you want to improve on and we're constantly trying to find better materials for, for packaging or, um, you know, we're, we're doing like a big piece of work on carbon at the moment and carbon reduction and, and, and carbon footprint and all of that kind of stuff. So there's lots of stuff that we, you know, we're still, we're still working on and we're still trying to, um, you know, still trying to improve. Um, but we just try and be open about that and we just try and like uh, the B Corp, having B Corp almost gives you a bit of a, um, it's, it's something that flows through all our strategic decisions so like by being a b corp there's certain decisions we there's certain things we won't do um and it just kind of means that we've got kind of you know health sustainability doing things right by people um you know doing things right by our customers like all of those things that flow through our decision making which hopefully means that you know the decisions that we do make kind of uh, uh you know are with with doing doing right by all of those stakeholders in mind. Yeah, that's really great. The the accountability, the structure, everything that comes with it does does sound very very appealing. Um, and yeah, I mean, I want to ask you quite a controversial question, um, and and I, I I'd love your honest answer. Go for it. What is your favorite Doctor Wills product? <laughs> You're expecting something much deeper than that. That's no, not no, controversial. Yeah. For me. Oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, no, I mean, it could be controversial, but um, uh, I, without doubt, our Sriracha hot sauce. Okay, wow. Okay, with that, what about the other co-founders? Do you know what theirs is? Yeah, so we're all different, actually. Uh, so, I mean, I'm just a huge hot sauce fan. So I was actually, you know, I, I, it was a real problem for me in the first couple of years of the business that we had ketchup and mayonnaise and we didn't have a hot sauce. So I was banging on that drum for a while. And, oh, gosh. Yeah, now, wow. now it's our bestseller. So, you know, say no more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> point made point made so every point strategic made. meeting you were sat there thinking guys come on when are we going to roll out the hot sauce yeah i think people wow. got pretty sick of it when i just answered every question with hot sauce whether we were talking about talking about anything related or not but um and are you, have you got a sriracha mayo already or is that something that's uh, in the pipeline so we have a chili mayo so i mean that brings you on to your, your previous question so will will's favorite product is the chili mayo um for sure um that's a great product um and it's yeah real if you if you try and switch away from your current mayo, the chili mayo is a great one to try. It's, that's yeah, definitely one of my most addictive products. And then our barbecue sauce would be Josh's. Okay, favorite. so the three favorites there. 
I love it. Um, does uh, does being part of uh, Dr. Wales mean that you have to try all of the different products just by working there? And then do you get to choose your favorite and uh, take it home? Absolutely. So we send, I mean, whenever when anyone joins, we'll send them a full kind of hamper of everything um, and get them fully, yeah, get them fully kind of ingrained in what we're doing. Um, and yeah, it's unlimited, unlimited source for anyone who works at Dr. Wales. That is brilliant. You've heard it, guys. Um, if, if you want a job with, with incredibly amazing free condiments then you know where to go i mean you know it's, it's, i'm assuming that before the b corp rolled around and that started attracting incredible talent for you i'm assuming that was your real incentive right was guys join us and we promise you we've got you sorted forever yeah exactly and my, my dream is one day that we get someone join us who can eat so much sauce that we have to change the policy but it hasn't happened yet <laughs> well well I'll, I'll, i'm trying i'm trying, I'm trying with the sriracha yeah i was, I was gonna <laughs> <laughs> Well, I am going to look around. I'll make sure I keep an eye out. <clears throat> Excuse me. If I uh, if I spot it, if I know anyone in my uh, in my network who's a big big condiments fan, especially if it's sriracha, because I think that will make you uh, even happier, then I'll be sure to uh, to send them your way just just to make sure that's there. That tick that tick box is ticked. So please um, do. If they can beat my uh, two bottles a week, then they're they're doing well. You you you. That's what you want right now. Two bottles a week. Not not always, uh, and that's the glass bottles, the smaller glass bottles. But there, there have been times. I'm yeah. There's a couple of people in my in my household as well. But we um yeah, we've been known to get through two bottles a week. Um, I love and, it. Yeah, it's, that's probably not brilliant. even the highest. Is is the next record going to be three? Exactly. It's like um you know there was a uh, who was it the uh, the mountain from um from Game of Thrones recently uh, beat the deadlift record. I think it was, and it was five hundred kg was the record previously. And then now he beat it, and now he's on five hundred and one or something like that. I think it was something, it was something along those lines, where like he beat it by one kilo, essentially one kilogram, and now he's a record holder. Uh, holder. So are you looking through something similar here, where it's about you know who's going to have an extra spoonful every week, just to make sure exactly two point one bottles of sriracha is the is the target. Is the target all right? Got it, got it. Well, I'll, I'll keep an eye out for you. <laughs> That's brilliant. Perfect. Um, so back back slightly more, uh, I suppose, like serious but also fun stuff. Um, your background you mentioned is obviously in, in investment banking. Um, when you were working in, in, in that in that world, is this something that you saw there's actually a gap? Like, you know, did, did you join the company because you also believe that there needs to be something there? And also you've mentioned that there's a health angle for you. Um, but also did you spot that there was a gap in the market generally just for healthy foods at the time? Yeah, absolutely. So, so I started off working in investment banking. I actually covered um, consumer and retail when I was there. Um, so I spent a lot of time looking at kind of big food and drink companies, looking at big kind of hospitality, leisure, um, leisure operators. So I was looking at that market and I built like, I think investment banking is like, it's a seriously tough industry, but as a junior, it's like, a, it's an amazing place to learn because you, you work unsustainably hard but doing it for a couple of years is fine um or is you know it's doable and, and I'm, I'm actually very grateful for the, for the time i had there I, I feel like you're about to disclose how many hours a week there but then decided not to uh, <laughs> hundred plus is is not uncommon put it that way it's it's, it's fairly brutal like it's 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 a it's a it's a <laughs> oh, tough God. tough place to work and like you know i've yeah had many many weeks where you've worked a lot of hours but um look, i you know don't do that so much now and it's much more sustainable and like I, I, you know, I didn't want to do that long term but the point being you you learn a hell of a lot and it puts you in a really good position to start a company because you um you have a great like really really good sector knowledge but you also just kind of learn how to work with people project management um working with like on various different projects at the same time so you learn how to kind of kind of juggle which is 
basically the job of being a founder is kind of you know spinning plates and being being across like all the sections of your business and jumping into the areas that that kind of need your support and that will be different this week or even today than it will be than it will be next week um so i think it gives you a great a great basis and then in terms of what we were seeing like there was a there was a huge um shift in food that we were seeing and this was kind of you know we started the business about five and a half years ago but we were seeing this from you know from 10 years ago i think innocent were probably the most uh the most obvious example um first business that had like you know incredible tone of voice and just did things differently and just built this incredible brand we looked at them and then we saw this i mean to this day it's always being used as the example right when it comes to branding and exactly exactly and they're still you know i'd say they still have probably the best social media uh twitter they're amazing like the best the best kind of social media of any of any brand that i've ever seen and i think brands like oatly who very much have their own their own style and they're brilliant but like it's it's all kind of that kind of personality is very much in the kind of um you know innocent i think were the first brand with like huge loud and and just this amazing tone of voice so i think we saw them and then there was this huge shift in food i think that we saw a big a big move towards craft so you were seeing um kind of craft beer um was a huge thing um you know, this this whole like this gin revolution there's gin distilleries everywhere fever tree yeah, i'm so thankful for craft beer uh, it's a, such a beautiful movement and I, I i don't want it to stop ever um and I, I you're seeing it a lot as well with other things now i, I sound like an alcoholic i'm really not but yeah <laughs> no for sure i think like, that's that that was really exciting we saw kind of um like collaboration was was amazing like different breweries doing you know uh, selling each other's beers and doing collaboration um collaboration products and all that and we looked at that and we thought this is this is amazing like how does this how, how can we have a brand that's that exciting in food and then the other thing we were seeing is this big kind of health food revolution and particularly in something like snacking it was really prominent so seeing people moving away from having you know traditional like crisps and chocolate to protein bars um you know graze with the nuts um uh like you know nuts delivered to your door and then like popcorn um you know lower calorie like snacks you could grab on the go um and brands doing amazing jobs there and we were just seeing this kind of like this whole kind of health food craft food revolution um but we just saw condiments being stagnant um you know the, the condiments you're having today still you probably were having you know 20 30 40 years ago um but then we saw across the pond in the us there was some really interesting innovation particularly and then we're seeing in the uk now around hot sauces barbecue sauces um you know like lots of tennessee and, and all sorts of different like regional sources like regional barbecues in the us louisiana um and then tons of like really interesting hot sauces from you know um stuff that's super hot in tiny little bottles through to you know bayesian sauces to different srirachas to you know um yellow hot sauces to, to the red ones green ones yeah oh yeah i spent i spent a lot of time i love hot sauce that's my thing so but we we're seeing like tons of innovation it was really exciting and and also if you go down like the 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 condiments are in the us like it's it's five even 10 times the size of what it is in the uk like there's just tons and tons of stuff. dressings over there are huge like there's amazing salad dressings really interesting interesting stuff and we just didn't have it over here so we were thinking okay there's got to be a gap for something for a brand doing this there's a few you know farm shop kind of posh ketchups and things like that but there wasn't anybody doing something sort of like disruptive and particularly in the health in the health space absolutely but you also mentioned earlier on the fact that you know it's the, the part of the problem with these farm uh, like organic farm uh, foods and so on they're fantastic they're amazing but they are also fairly pricey and so it's not accessible to every family you know it's it's, it's something if you really want everyone to be able to, to eat more healthily then you need do need something mainstream for sure so it's uh, it's incredible you guys are uh, kind of going off that 
Um, do you do any sort of like collaborations or any work with other um, sort of, you know, maybe meat alternative companies or like lab meats or I don't know, but just generally other companies that are sort of within the health, environmental, impact driven uh, food and drinks in- industry? Yeah, um, I think I feel like you've done your research. So we just launched, um, we just launched a really exciting, our first ever collaboration product, actually. Uh, so I talked about kind of how we're inspired by craft breweries before, and we've, you know, we've always looked at that um, and wanted to do something similar. So we launched um, an awesome. Um, uh, this isn't bacon ketchup um, with our friends over at this um, who do fantastic meat alternatives through from you know chicken to to bacon um, sausages. Um, all sorts of different things they're doing. They're now doing kind of um, ready to go stuff. So doing sandwiches and, and, and all sorts of things. They're they're awesome and they're absolutely killing it. And um, so yeah, we've been working on the project product for uh, nearly a year, I think, um, long time. So we've been we've been yeah working with them. We're both on the Tesco incubator program together, um, which is kind of how we started spending more time together and we got thinking about this 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 project. And to be honest, the the product is awesome. Like we're so happy with how it turned out. Um, lots of challenges to kind of make it together and to get you know their um their their bacon alternative into a source and like the um it's now it's available on Ocado and it's available on our website and it's um it, it the product is great so it's a ketchup with um the taste bacony so we've taken we've got their their bacon flavor in it in the ketchup and then we've also used some of the as a ketchup but we've used some of the notes from our barbecue sauce to get that kind of smokiness um so you have that kind of smoky bacon flavor then we have actual chunks of bacon in it of their of their product so you'll you know you'll pour it out of the jar and you'll get little lumps of you're, the, you're of selling the, it you're definitely selling it that sounds so, incredible <laughs> It's a lot of fun, yeah. Um, and I'm yeah really pleased with with kind of how that one turned out. That's really awesome. I mean, massive congratulations on doing that. I think you know, the power of collaboration, especially with, with when you're doing something so new and innovative, often collaborating with other innovative companies can just you can just come up with some brilliant things out of that. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm assuming that's something. So it's an Okado right now, but it's something that we'll hopefully see in more places as well um, at some point in the future. Um, have you so so with the Tesco incubation program? Um, is that something that I mean, how long is the incubation program that you've been doing with them? Yeah, so we were on there for 18 months, I think it's typically a year. Um, we were, okay. uh, it was a bit of a funny period because of COVID and and some of it being virtual, so they, they extended it a little bit so that we could actually spend more time in person. But yeah, it's typically a year, awesome. And that's where you met this. This isn't whatever, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. We knew them. We knew them. Well, we knew them before. I think the food and drink world's very small, but we started spending a lot more time with them, kind of, you know, in in these uh, like breakout sessions and things. And we and a lot of it was talking about innovation, which is kind of how we ended up having this discussion. That's yeah, really cool. Wow. Anything else like that in the pipeline for you guys that you're that you can share? Um, nothing that I can share, but I'd say that I mean this is our first one, so we wanted to kind of you know all energy was on this one, and, and the product is. I was so happy with the, the way the products turned out. So I think we'd, you know, if we're going to do another one, we want to make sure that the, the product is great, but it's a really fun, um, like kind of area for us. I think like, I, like we, we just enjoy doing them. It's, 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 it's great working with other brands to do them. Um, so there's a, there, there's definitely, we'd like to do more of them for sure. Um, and I think like we've seen it in fashion as well, like that, that was way before food, like seeing kind of streetwear brands, um, collaborate with, you know, established, fashion houses and things like that um it just seems to be it's like, and, and that's like so much fun to see so i think i'd love to see more of it happening in, in food certainly certainly that, that's incredible um so i kind of wanted to dive a little bit into the technology some of the technology behind uh what you guys uh do um 
And I, I was curious um, how much, because obviously now you have, you know, technologies out there like um, AI that's trying to somehow mix flavors together to come up with different things and so on and so forth. And I was just curious to find out a little bit more about, you know, you, what, how much of that you guys utilize or how much uh, of that you're sort of skeptical about and, and so yeah, on. Yeah. Um... We do use some of that stuff. Um, so, I, that, yeah, there's definitely like there's definitely a technology aspect. Um, we're very, very customer driven. So, um, like a lot of what we do is driven by feedback and seeing what people are saying, looking at trends, and then um, and and then trying to work out kind of what we do. And some of that is some of that is uh, is more manual, is like you know doing our research and, and quite traditional. And others is kind of you know might be scraping databases and finding. Uh, what people are talking about sentiment analysis using and using like you know we plug into we plug into lots of like tech tools that will give you kind of you know exactly that kind of stuff and then and then get an idea and then yeah and then there's some stuff you can do in the in the development process and there's yeah more and more interesting i think the whole world of like food tech is is exploding and you've seen like there's you know like there's funds vc funds now set up specifically to to invest in food tech so yeah it's definitely an area that we, like we look at and see kind of how yeah, how can we benefit from as we as we grow and, and get smarter? And I think generally, like outside of product development as well, just huge believer in technology for kind of streamlining and 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 just being like being able to to kind of like shorten those those feedback loops between like what customers are saying, what people are finding out, what people think about your product, and then being able to get them into development and just being able to do that in the most kind of efficient way. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, you know, if if you go direct to the customer and, and uh, get the feedback from them as well, that that just makes so much sense because, you know, people's taste buds and so on. And I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that I didn't receive the, the invite to taste your uh, ketchup and bacon, uh, your ketchupy bacon uh, condiment. But hey, it's a, next time you're developing one, uh, let me know. I'll, I'll happily come and taste some things for you. <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll have you down next yeah, of time of course um so you've got this part on your um on your website that's called look look stop swap can you maybe tell us a bit more about that and what the uh, ethos behind it is yeah definitely so we partnered up with um we wanted to make it we wanted to explain to people on a large scale um the work we're doing around sugar but also and really importantly highlight the problem that we have in the uk with people having too much sugar um and the like the increasing obesity problem, particularly in children. Um, and a lot of that is um, is exercise, but also hugely diet related. Um, so we wanted to highlight that. And we, we came together with, um, we wrote a white paper. Um, so we worked with um, a number of brands that we collaborated with on the project, all brands that are doing, and that's the name of the campaign, Look, Stop, Swap, because they're all, they're all brands who are providing simple swaps or alternatives to kind of mainstream sugary products so whether that's sweets whether that's peanut butter um with manny life providing like a, a healthy you know a, a product that has two ingredients you know peanuts and salt rather than having um traditional peanut butter that has has tons of sugar added to it um we work with lots of brands like that um who are, who are doing healthier options and then we got opinions um from various various people across the world of food um from scientists um uh, and, and and wrote like a real kind of an explanation on kind of the value of eating less sugar why it's important uh, and then also going going to the science behind um kind of how your body breaks down sugar processed sugar versus um uh versus like you know unrefined sugar from um 
from kind of you know fruits vegetables dates etc that's really cool i think yeah it's sort of trying to swap out any any habits that may be uh, detriment to people's health and, and try to swap them out for something that is almost just as good if not as good or better um and 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 it's pretty simple to do so it's it's really quite incredible that you try to raise awareness there um is that something um is this something that you know do you, do you get approached by uh, the government for example to try and help with campaigns uh, like these or, or do do some work around that um and I, I guess the question i'm trying to ask is um i mean you know it, it is it is a bit of a hot political time right now i suppose in, in the uk um so not to make it hotter but I, I do have a bit of a question around you know how much uh the governments can how much is is it the government's role um to help with this sort of thing with the health problem with obesity problem and so on and so forth and and my question is, you know, is there enough support available out there for companies like yours to to help you grow and and, and to help you actually make that impact in society? Yeah, it's, it's it's a really good question. Obviously, one that you know people have varying views on. I think so. I mean, one particular example that's easy to talk about is that there's regulation coming in in the UK um, uh, called HFSS, which stands for High Fat Salt and Sugar. Um, and there was like a very and that was due to come in. Um, that was due to come in in. October of this year so it should have been due to come in but it's been postponed by a year to October 2023 and that was announced a few months ago by the government which was quite frustrating because I think the whole point of the legislation was to to combat some of the problems that we highlighted in our white paper um so and it would and it would ban um ban lots of kind of promotional strategies of unhealthy products um so for example having promotions of take like you know unhealthy sugary chocolate bars having like you know three for two and things like that which encourage you to buy more um and i think that you know that's just very logical um either banning those promotions or having them um you know uh, not not enabling them to be like at front of store and display display areas um the retailers are all prepped for them the retailers have like you know restructured stores and done lots of work so i think you know there is regulation coming i think it's slower than it it, it could be um I want to be clear, like I'm not an advocate of like a nanny state or anything like that. I think people should be able to choose what they can buy. But I think it's a case of, um, I think, you know, it, it makes absolute sense that there is, that the government is is promoting healthier products. And I think, you know, you look at, um, you know, stuff like the regulation around tobacco, tobacco and things like that. And I think like it could be that in, you know, 20 or 30 years time, um, some of this, it, it looks, you know, like just eating like, sugar on sugar on sugar um is you know is 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 banned in, in a similar or is it's just made more difficult in a similar way where you know you can still get those products you can still choose to have them but it's just made a little more difficult and i think um you know this regulation doesn't stop you from selling a mars bar or something like that it just means that they can't promote them at the front of store um and 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 i think if there's it's very difficult particularly in the environment we're in now where you know very inflationary cost of living crisis um you're trying to feed your family and if there are you know four miles bars for, for a quid or whatever it is at the front of the store that's very attractive because it's it's cheap and easy way to feed people but it's not what you want kids to be eating it's going to give them sugar spikes and it's it's not kind of you know it's not the the right nutrition that's going to help you grow and and be attentive at school and all those things and like food is 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 key for all of those things for your health but also for your ability to for kids to learn and 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 be you know be focused and switched on at school and all that kind of stuff so yeah i think there's more that can be done um there's some interesting i mean tesco doing some really good work around um they have targets in place for i think it's 65 percent of their products to be 
um, healthy. Uh, 65% of the products they sell to be healthy by 2025, I think it is. Um, and there's a, there's a, there's like a nutrient, like a, a nutrient calculator around that. So, um, you know, we're working to have all our product products compliant um, uh, under those regulations so that, you know, so that we're kind of ahead of the curve because that's, you know, we're, we're fully like supportive of that regulation because it, it, it makes sense. That's what, you know, you want to be in a situation. I think traffic light labeling and things on food is really good because you can go in and um, there's a lot of confusion for consumers. So going in and, and being able to see that something is healthy is great because a big like bugbear of mine is like hidden sugars. Like you buy something, you know, take a pasta sauce, for example, you know, something that looks like it's going to be, you know, mainly tomatoes and some spices, but you actually turn it around and it's got 20 grams of sugar per hundred or something. You think actually, um, you know, you, and you use a whole jar of it. So, so then you've had like 50 grams of sugar that you just didn't realize you were consuming. Um, and that's, that, that kind of thing is, is frustrating for consumers. No, I absolutely. Totally agree there. And yeah, they definitely share a similar sentiment uh, with, with that because yeah, I, I remember when I discovered that there's so much sugar in, in sauce and I was like, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> you, you think it's this you trying to kind of yeah. like uh yeah um with, with when you say healthy um is that is how is that determined or like is there like is there a standard by which to go in terms of saying you know this food is healthy or this food is not healthy or is it nuanced kind of like per food category in a way yeah um i'd say for the for the purpose of the regulation there's there's a few different ways of doing it but they're all similar in the in the sense that they look at uh, the nutrients in food. So you look at the macronutrients, you look at how much, essentially how much fat, how much sugar, how much salt a product has in, and then they will give you like unhealthy points depending on how much you have. And then things like fiber um, will give you healthy points because they're, you know, they're, they're good for you. You want to have more fiber in, in, in your product and protein is, is helpful as well. Um, so that's essentially how they're calculated. I'd say it's not perfect. Nothing's going to be perfect, but I think it's, it's a very good starting point. And I mean, we would argue that, you know, there's things like it doesn't take into account for example you might have a product that is really processed and, and contains like 20 sweeteners but does quite well on those scores because they don't have sugar but they've got sweeteners which are addictive and often the body kind of uh they the body kind of like can treat them a bit like sugar it's, it's very nuanced Sweet yeah yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> so it's not it's not perfect but it, it it it's definitely heading in the right direction um and it's it's it's, it's a pretty good way because like you know people need to you know you, you know what from science at school what the kind of you know you see like you know the plate of food and how much carbs and how many how much protein you need to have and all that sort of stuff and it's it's, it's heading in that direction and stopping you from eating kind of um you know really high fat really high salt really high sugar foods and, and often not realizing it yeah absolutely no that's it's def definitely great and definitely something in the right direction absolutely um and, and also like i mean e even if companies uh start using a lot of sweeteners to to not have quote-unquote sugar in the in the food well, then that will that will make people do more research into those things because there's more use of them. So it becomes more of a priority for researchers and so on. So the science will develop and we'll learn more about them, understand more about them, actually know how they affect people, have data to back that up. And then from there, you can have more regulations and so on. So I think it's, it's, it's definitely like, you know, as I said earlier, I suppose, even if it's just a 1% incremental improvement, it's still a step in the right direction. And if you continually just keep on doing that, then society will ultimately get better and better and better over time, right? Exactly. And that's your yeah. point around like, like there's a big, there's a big burden for government for sure. Like there's a, there's a big, big role for the government to play, but consumer pressure is huge. Like if consumers mm -hmm. stop buying products that are full of sweeteners like or market, just market super demand, sugary, I mean, yeah. exactly, exactly. Then, then those big brands have to reformulate because they realize that people are, you know, they see it in the sales data and people are moving away from those products. And then there's pressure for them to, to redevelop and, and, and do something healthier or customers will go into buy into other brands who are prioritizing. Absolutely. 
which is why Dr. Will should be in all schools. <laughs> um, Completely agree. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask, um, I suppose, because we're, we're coming towards the, the sort of closing part, but I wanted to ask, sir, what is the future for Dr. Wills? Where are you guys planning to go next? Are there any exciting things um, coming soon for people to watch out for, obviously, other than the collaboration you've just mentioned? Yeah, definitely. So the we just launched collaboration, so we're, we're we're super excited about that. I think we've got a long way to go. Um, we want to keep we'll keep building out our product range. We want to be the go-to for kind of everything, um, everything condiments. And you know, there's still some gaps there, so we'll, we'll keep filling those out and keep launching, you know, exciting products um, uh, in line with kind of you know the trends that we're seeing and and, and what what we see people want to eat. Um, and then yeah, our, our aim is to you know get like our our like kind of our aim really was to be we said we'd be we'd be happy when you get to a point where you can buy Dr. Wills everywhere you could find the kind of those mainstream brands that you'd expect to see in a supermarket. So I think that's where we want to get to. Got a long way to go there, but we've got lots of kind of you know there'll be lots of exciting announcements over the next few months, um, and we're just pushing as hard as we can to get our products into as many stores as possible so that people. People who want to make that slightly healthier choice can do more easily. Amazing. I can't wait to see that happen. That's incredible. And definitely will be keeping an eye out and definitely will be waiting for my uh, invite to taste some of your incredible uh, products in the pipeline. Um, and, and I also wanted to, uh, <laughs> of course, if, if you sort of had any words of advice for um, founders that are, you know, sort of near the beginning of the journey, obviously you guys have been doing this now for years. Um, any words of advice for founders at the beginning of their journey of trying to create an impact driven startup? Um, whether it be in a similar field uh, to what you're in or not, what what sort of uh, what what would you say to them? Yeah, I mean it's always tough to give like you know one 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 piece of advice. There's so much out there. I'd say from a business point of view, I'd say build your network. Um, like it's it, it gets a lot easier when you have a network of people who are you know one person might be amazing at sales, one person might be an incredible product person, but you kind of know who to go to for those things. And a lot of the stuff that we're doing in food and drink is quite nuanced. So um yeah having having those people even if they don't know they'll be able to point you to somebody and you'll you know eventually get to a point where you have a go-to person for everything and i'd say around impact i'd just say um look at b corp because i think it will give you whether you do it or not like i'd say do the b cap the the b corp um impact assessment because just doing that will enable you to sort of like it'll probably open up your mind to areas that you just hadn't thought of um and it might be that you you know at the start of your journey you need to prioritize one area or another but it will get you get you really thinking about kind of kind of those things that are important um in the area of kind of impact and sustainability amazing thank you so much liam um that, that was really incredible such a fun conversation and yeah a lot of a lot of insightful things and i've also learned that i need to go out and uh, try some new condiments now um so if, if, for everybody listening, uh, the website is dr-wills.com. Uh, we'll leave the link in the description. Uh, you can find out more there. Uh, and also you can you can find Dr. Wills in, in the majority of Tesco stores, right, uh, across the UK. Uh, you can also find them in Okado. Uh, I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. I don't think I ever pronounced uh, that correctly. Uh, <laughs> Ocado, yeah, Okado. And Waitrose as well. Excellent. Anywhere else? So Ocado, Waitrose, and Tesco. Uh, those, yeah, those are probably the main places, but with tons of independents, uh, lots of independent stores across the UK, uh, which we encourage you to support, um, and Holland and Barrett as well on our website. Amazing. Well, there you are. Uh, thanks so much for coming, Liam, for making the time. You must be very busy. And we will hopefully have you back on again in the future at some point when you've released more products uh, and you know, you've grown. I think it's, it's always really incredible to see the journey as it goes, uh, as, as people, you know, but whenever you speak with someone, 
you speak to them another year later or something, you kind of see the growth happen and then talk about the learnings from that as well. So hopefully we'll have you back on again at some point as well. And thanks again for uh, coming. No, that'd be awesome. I'd love to do that. And uh, yeah, thanks for staying. Great conversation. And uh, yeah, speak soon. We hope that you liked the episode. This podcast was sponsored by QFind, a hiring platform that matches candidates with jobs and employers based on many factors that ensure longer term alignment. It goes way beyond package and salaries and takes into account much, much more than that to ensure a happy uh, working environment for everybody. To find out more about this podcast and to see further releases, we'll be announcing them at the at QFinds.io Instagram page as well as on the qfinance.io website as well as from my own personal uh, Instagram page and my own personal LinkedIn. All information you need that we spoke about in the podcast or this information mentioned here will be mentioned below in the description. So take a look, visit those links and if you like anything or want to get in touch, uh, please do. And lastly, stay tuned for more. Have an amazing week ahead of you.